Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Kevin Godby's in England, so gin consumption has quadrupled lately. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine. We are way pre-recorded. Why? Because that's right, Kevin Godby is traveling and he we can't do the show posting stuff. So anyway, you're getting it way pre-recorded this week. Uh, on this week's show, we have a, a jumbo-sized edition of uh, the Jeff Grasick and Jody Davis conversation. So it's going to take up pipe parts and the main segment. So that's what you get, and we finish that off. And we uh, and this week's conversation gets a little looser than uh, than some of the earlier ones. Uh, music, mailbag, and rant—all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Plus, stay tuned to the mailbag for the big announcement. Yep, that's right, big announcement. So stay tuned for that. Uh, please keep those JDRF auction items coming. You can email me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com. Much appreciated. And iTunes ratings and reviews, greatly appreciated too. So head on over to iTunes or Apple Podcast or whatever you want to call it this week and leave a rating and a review for us. That would be greatly appreciated. All right, big show, so let's get the show going. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through SmokingPipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then, we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888 888- Three six six zero three four five. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And remember, for pipe parts, we've got uh, <laughs> we're going to finish off the Jeff and Jody discussion. So it's three parts. So here is uh, part one. And it was just it, it, it was like a black hole. You know, it just it, it sucked me into it. And and I'm grateful for it. But it was not. It was not inevitable. Besides the uh, pipe making equipment, you want to? Can you guys both kind of talk about? You know, <laughs> I don't know, developing your customer base and developing your photography skills and 
all you know, all the other things that go along with it because it's it's really not just making pipes it's you know selling yeah. and marketing yeah. and yeah you, yeah you got to be a photographer and then your marketer and your your web designer and your <laughs> which i fail at miserably but <laughs> yeah. yeah it is uh there's a lot of little little extra things you got to do to be able to to be able to get your pipes out there for yeah. sure and uh, and you know thank goodness there's there's a lot of information at our fingertips these days you right. know I, I i literally made pipes in a time where i had to use a film camera to photograph them wow you know? And, and well, and you said you took a Super 8 to uh, to Jim's place to, to video. Like, this is right. long before camera phones, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Phone yeah. cameras. No. Yeah. And, well, I mean, not everybody carried cell phones even back then. You know, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> there that, phones. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They had those bricks. But <laughs> <laughs> the big antenna, though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, you're definitely at a, at a. There's there's advantages and disadvantages. You know, you you've got all this stuff a lot, and, and the ability, to, the the, uh, the resources are so much easier to come by these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but what that also does that allows pretty much just anybody to do it. Right. To some extent. You know, so that can also cloud things up quite a bit. So, the, so there's, a, there's an advantage and disadvantage to it. You know, it's like I was saying earlier with with uh, you know when we started making pipes, you had to really want to make pipes because right. you had nothing but obstacles in your way. Mm-hmm. And uh, now it's all it's 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 all laid out there. You can you can find the information. You can you can figure out how to market you could learn how to do your websites and your photography and your you know all yeah. that kind of stuff where but what but what that what that's led to is kind of a crowding of the marketplace so it's where right, when you and I like you were there when I you know you you were already established when I you know came along and I was kind of part of like a last the last part of that wave that you came in with right and before there was like a lot of information available to help people learn how to make pipes and to make good pipes, that the kind of stuff that's available now, and it's only developed since then. Back then, like the obstacle was making good pipes. Now the obstacle, like people can learn to make good pipes. Now whether they can do it, there are other things. Like can you can you do it repeatedly? Can you are you coming up with shapes <laughs> that are unique but but also marketable? Um, yeah. The harder thing is how do you stand out? Yeah. Um, and that's a that's a, a challenging that's a challenge that was different than when I started out. Like we came in, the harder thing was to make good pipes. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Um, and not I, I think it's still hard to make good pipes, but because of the the availability of the the instructions for doing so. Um, it's just it, it's it's leveled that part of the playing field, but the the marketing thing is a serious obstacle, and the pipe community has diversified as well. So it's on like Facebook and on Instagram and through retailers and all this stuff. And you know you've got to kind of pick what where you want to market your stuff. And I you know for me I do I had to learn photography. Fortunately, I was interested in photography, so I 
you know, bought a nice camera and, you know, bought a, like an old lens for it. This is probably 12 years ago or so. And just studied photography so I could learn how to do it. And then had to study how to digitally edit these photos. And that was before Instagram and everything, but I was like putting out nicer quality than average photos for pipes. And I think that was part of what attracted people or at least got, got me some attention. Um, especially if you're going to be marketing on your own, if you're selling through retailers, that's a different kind of calculation. I'm a little scattered here because there's just so much to talk about with this, (laughs) but, um, like if you're marketing yourself, you got to learn a lot of these skills, like the web design Jody's talking about the photography. Um, if you're and, and being your own social media manager on the other side, you could sell through retailers, which is great. And we need retailers because, you know, a lot of customers will only go through retailers and that's, that's an important avenue uh, for pipe makers to be, but you're getting a fraction of what you would make if you sold direct. Yeah. It, c- so comes you have to, it comes at a cost. It comes at a cost. Yeah, it's your, it's a marketing expense more or less. So, um, yeah, those are it, it. It's kind of complicated to figure out like what you need, what you need to live, and what your margins are. And um, you know, once once it, it takes some time to get it sorted out. Some years look different than others, but every year is uh presents new challenges for sure yeah so the so the natural the natural barn host in me because that's all i'm good at doing if if i if, if i tried to make a pipe there'd be blood and it would be nasty and never mind um <laughs> it would be i'd be arrested by the briar gods for abuse uh <laughs> So I, if I understand it, I mean, based off of all the technology that's out there now, it's easy mm-hmm. for somebody to learn how to make a pipe and how to mimic what other pipe makers are doing because you've got really high-res pictures and you can see stuff mm-hmm. in detail. What do what do you guys advise as far as, and this is something that I've told pipe maker, younger pipe makers, myself as a consumer, who's only seen, you know, I've probably only seen, I don't know, 25, 30,000 pipes in my life. So, Mm -hmm. uh, how do you, how do you advise a pipe maker to find their own voice and to make their stop mimicking what they see and start making what they feel? Hmm. I mean, well, that's an interesting, yeah, question because, you know, I've, I've always and having been, you know, sort of a student of Jim Cook, I've always been a, um, you know, I feel like there there is a side of being able to do classics, and and that's a great place to start. Get good at certain classics because, you know, they're classic for a reason, and it teaches you uh, symmetry and and lines and, and, and getting things uh, uh, getting things in order as far as your skills go and then you're then start deviating from there and mm-hmm. you know you can't give somebody creativity so I don't I don't know how to to uh, to encourage them in that way, <laughs> right off, right off yeah. the top of my head, I'm sure I've probably said something to somebody that was meant something, <laughs> but I can't think of it right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I have a. And we will pause right here and take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. 
This is Internet Radio. Hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and here comes part two of the final episode of the Jeff and Jody discussion. Was meant something, but I can't think of it right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I have a... I, so for, first of all, I want to reiterate what Jody said. Like, I think the foundation and the classics is critical for pipe making, period. Like, I think every new pipe maker ought to learn that because those are valuable skills for all the reasons Jody said. And also um, because of the, the, the quality and construction aspects. And so you learn things about wall thickness and what are acceptable, like, margins for uh, uh for for error right and once you learn that once you learn those things they can be applied to all other pipes like as we say like a classic lies within every freehand or at least within every good freehand um but to the finding your own voice i tell people to not look like don't just it'll come to you and some people will keep making classics, but at least they can make good, like if they learn to make good classics, they'll get to continue making good classics. But if you force, there's nothing worse than like a forced, a forced um, freehand to me, where you see it and go, I kind of see what the person was getting at with it, but it wasn't, it's just not fully formulated yet. And you know, you gotta you gotta see a lot of pipes and you gotta make a lot of pipes before you can really understand even how to approach designing a new shape. Yeah. Um, so learn to learn to make pipes. Copy, you know, copy every pipe you see that you like, and then you'll get it. It'll like ideas will come to you. Variations sometimes they're introduced by like those flaws in the briar that you couldn't have anticipated, and then suddenly you've got a new flourish that you. Like in dealing with that flaw, you've you've come up with a flourish that might become a signature. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's you know, to me that's the hardest part is yeah. You know, how do how does a what does a uh, pipe maker's pipe say to me? You know, mm -hmm. how is it different from anybody else's? But I'll get out of the way yeah. and let you guys talk again. That was just so much fun. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would personally rather see a really well-made, um, a really well-made, nice, um, classic shape, than, a, than a really poorly designed freehand. Yeah, well, and even even when you say poorly designed, there are things that can be done that are, that are unique, aesthetically, but it, 
doesn't make for a good pipe to smoke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. so there's, yeah. there's kind of this other aspect of it too, like a sculptural, like, sculptural take. Yeah, there's like, well, you know, that's cool. Like, I really that's a that's a fun design element, but it's really kind of not, you know, that's it really is only a design element and it's not adding, it's not helping. It's probably, or if it's hurting the smokability of the pipe, yeah. then that's something that, that I hate to see, especially if they actually do it really well. Then you're like, man, that's really great, but kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. And I think and that's like focusing more. Yeah, that's yeah. someone who's like, someone's focused up more on the art part of it as opposed to the yeah. function part. And it's the, like, if we forget about the function, it stops being a pipe, to me. Yeah, it just becomes, yeah, a, a function, sculpture, yeah. A, a sculpture, yeah. Yeah, a vase. Or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just fine if you're into that. Yeah, you know? sure. <laughs> There's a buyer well, for every pipe. Yeah. That's right. I've, I've always tried to to make the pipe, a pipe functional. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, you, you, there's there's something you can say that like, well, once you get past a straight billiard, everything's a little bit of a compromise here and there. Right. But <laughs> you know, it's like you just can't take it too far, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think maybe what you're here, like, essentially, Jody's saying stuff, and I'm kind of echoing it. Um, and in part, it's because I learned so much of this from you, Jody. And, you know, and not only learned it from you, but it was so resonant with me that like, no, I I agree with it. And so that's why, you know, it's become part of my approach to part of my design philosophy, but also my approach to pipe making in general and one that I pass on to people I teach. Yeah. Yeah, So I I don't know if you're getting uh, uh, you're not getting the most diverse answers here. Brian, because I hate to tell you this, but I knew the answer before I asked the question. So, uh, of course, yeah, because I've yeah, talked... you never you never ask the question you don't know the answer to. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Well, and I've talked to I've talked to both of you enough that I know your I know your mindsets about stuff. Uh, you know the, the i think the, i think honestly the one thing that sets you guys apart from some of the other pipe makers that may not have been successful is and don't get all don't get all big headed and blushy or anything but um, you know both of you are two of the nicest guys you'll ever run into at a pipe show and you know that that humility but and outside that outside of a pipe show we're monsters <laughs> outside of a pipe show outside of a pipe show it's on yeah no outside of a pipe show i wouldn't walk across the street to say anything to you but that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but having spent time with both of you outside of pipe shows i know that you're not putting on an act when you're at the show either so you know that makes it <laughs> The, my my uh, my message in there is leave your ego at home and just be a nice guy and you'll and that'll help you go far right well i mean so much so much of this is just being you know kind of respectful of the of the history and and industry like of the of the craft of pipe making and you know for for me as a young pipe maker it was 
I kind of thought through, I remember like early on someone, I would ask a pipe, uh, a seasoned pipe maker a question and I would have an intuition when they gave me a response to share with them like, hey, oh, that's cool that you said that, but here's how I do it. And then recognizing like, who's interviewing whom here? Like they don't care how <laughs> I do it. <laughs> I don't know anything. Um, and so very quickly learned like the, you know, whether it was through like expressions on people's faces when I gave a response that was like, probably not appropriate. Um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, that uh, yeah. there's a way to approach people to show that you are, that you really do value the time that they're giving you. Like no one, no one, yeah. none of these people, like Jody didn't need to pick up the phone when I called um, like back, back then, but he did. And he would have stopped picking up the phone probably if I was a jerk. <laughs> or if he had caller ID, but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Didn't have that back ID. then. Yeah. <laughs> it was a rotary phone. <laughs> he had to call the operator. Every, every time I call Jody, I randomize the number so he's not sure who it is. <laughs> yeah. It's a scam like sure. That's how I know when Brian's calling. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um do you guys have any uh, any f any favorite oh god I can't believe a pipe maker did that story of other pipes you've seen and you can leave names out if you if you want to. <laughs> can't believe, Oh. I've got a a little bit of one. Um there was uh I don't think I, 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 sure this guy doesn't make pipes anymore but one time <laughs> I'm gonna, i've was, got a uh, guess in my head of who it is so <laughs> he's already, he's already, already knows the story <laughs> yeah so um this guy comes comes to me when i was living in yuma and he, he he wanted to come you know spend some days in the shop and wanted to learn some things and uh and i'm like you know yeah sure come on you know we'll just come down here make some dust and and uh so he he brought a bunch of pipes that he made. He probably probably had like ten pipes or something. He had a, a bunch of them that he had made, and uh, so uh, we're sitting out on my back deck, and he opens up his thing and he's showing these pipes, and I'm looking at these things, and the wood was unbelievable. Like, I mean, I have an idea where he was getting from. I was just like. Oh my gosh! This this is this wood is like such a rare commodity, and this guy is wasting it. <laughs> you're looking. You're looking. He's got five pipes, and that's five mortgage payments right there. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I, I'm looking him over. I literally, I was thinking, okay, if I can fix this drilling. I'll buy this pipe off of him and I'll make it into a pipe and I will, I'll, you know, make great money from it still. And, uh, but the drilling was so bad, there was no way I could have fixed them. And, uh, but literally, you know, I had to tell the guy, look, stop using this wood. I know, you know, it's all fun and, you know, to get this great wood, but you're not at a point where you need to be using this you need to put this stuff aside get something different as long as I'm like it's great you can do this wood stop using it <laughs> right and get 
get something a little less quality and own your skills. And then you can turn this stuff into great pipes. These are literally useless. Yeah. And ugly. (laughs) 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 You know, and yeah, you know, he's a nice guy. He he took it pretty well, I guess, but I, I don't think he, but you never talked to him again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he heeded my advice, and I don't yeah. think he lasted much longer in the pipe world. <laughs> yeah. So, so what was so wrong about the drilling? Oh, just you know, not just way off on the where the the uh, the like the draft hole hits the the tobacco chamber would be off. It'd be high or it'd be off to one side or the, the mortise and all that wasn't lined up straight, you know, crooked. So the mouthpiece is crooked. (laughs) Yeah. Everything's just, it was just, they were just unfixable or even the, it was even like the shape of the, maybe he's going for a Picasso look. (laughs) I guess. Maybe he was drilling him with, he might have, he might, he might have been drilling him with a drill mounted on, you know, with C clamps onto a desk. And yeah, with C clamps. There you go. There you go. That would also explain the bandaged, the bandaged hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the and the eye patch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. That was uh, that was the uh, what in the world are you doing moment for me. Yeah. And I don't know. You well, got any, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, what was the question about like pipes or was the question about like, like no, no's for pipes or just like just general advice. Like a definitely don't do this thing as a young pipe maker. Oh, no, no, no. I was hoping you'd seen some pipes that were just wrong. Oh man. I've seen so many <laughs> pipes that are wrong. Yeah. I've made a few. Um, <laughs> yep. yeah, made plenty, <laughs> yeah. but, um, you know, gosh, I, I've seen, I, I just see a lot of people who, I don't, I don't, I can't think of any particular, I don't want to bring up any particular pipe that I've seen from a person. <laughs> um, but, but I think that there's like kind of a genre of like a style of younger pipe makers, what they like to do. And, you know, I did the same thing when, when I first started, you know, you think, you make a pipe, you make two pipes, you have some success and you think, you know, I'm pretty good at this. I'm going to try my hand at something really complicated or, you know, something really stylistic or whatever. And, you know, that's part of enthusiasm. I don't want to dismiss that. I think that's really great to to have that, to be able to exercise your creativity. Um, but on the other hand, like if you don't have the skills to understand what a good line is and what a good line isn't, uh, or like how to tastefully, and I know there's a, you know, that, that itself is, an op- uh, is, is open to interpretation, but how to tastefully use um, embellishments. Um, you know, there's so many times where I see like an otherwise nice looking bowl with some god awful super fancy stem or, you know, a nice bowl and a nice stem and, you know, 14 different um, uh, materials as decoration on them. And it's just like, oh man, just, you know, the kiss method, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> like you'll, the, the, this more simple that you are trying, uh, the more simply you try to design something, especially as you're learning, um, 
the more satisfied you're going to be with the results, in my opinion. But I have, maybe I have pretty simple tastes. Who knows? I, I've All seen right. some of your pipes. I'm back. <laughs> I was gone there for a while. Oh, yeah. You were gone. I don't know what happened. <laughs> All of a sudden, you just came back. Okay. We kicked you off. We kicked you off the call. I guess you didn't want you. You wanted to tell him that it was one of my pipes that sucks. So yeah. <laughs> that's why we muted you. This one time I saw one of Jody's, it just shouldn't have been. And the <laughs> and the worst part, the worst part of it is, is I own that pipe. Yeah. <laughs> Some schmuck will buy it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Here yeah, I are, Ryan. What uh, what trends in pipe making have you seen come and that you're happy to see them go? And in particular, I'm thinking of the flat bottom poker. Oh, you mean like I just made two of this week? <laughs> yes, but but yours were paneled. It hasn't gone away. It hasn't gone away. <laughs> and we will pause right here and be right back in just a minute. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mielefolge, 100,000 welcomes. Wherever you come from, whosoever you be. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and here is the final installment of the Jeff and Jody discussion. Oh, you mean like I just made two of this week? <laughs> yes, but but yours were paneled. It, it hasn't gone away. It hasn't gone away. <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely uh, it did uh, reach, reach its peak in popularity uh, the last couple of years, that's for sure. I didn't even know it was a thing. I don't pay attention, so... I I, uh, I I I will admit that I don't really pay too much attention to trends because I I don't engage in social media all that much besides just to share my photos. So kind of a kind of out of out of tune. See, this is yeah. how this is well, how I can tell Jody's become a professional musician again because when I see him, he, he has no idea what's going on in the world of music, but wants to talk about pipes. Right. <laughs> There you go. That's it. Now I think I, I probably might might you know under know a little bit about it just because uh, of Briarworks being here, and I'm always you mm -hmm. know Pete's one of my buddies, so I'll go down there quite a bit, hang out. I'll even work down there once in a while, and uh, uh, so you know he's got to keep his finger on the pulse. So he always shows me what they're right. doing and uh, and what's coming out and. And how things are going, which is always it's fun. I like it down there. They got a great place. If you ever get a chance to come to come to Columbia, Tennessee, and go to Briarworks, you'll have a blast. I'd love to they see got, the new place. I've seen the photos. 
Oh, that's awesome. They got a great storefront. They've got their beer license, so you know, you can have a beer, you can sit in there and smoke. See they went in the back door. They they did a instead of opening a opening a tap house that you you can smoke in that you would never get uh, licensed, they opened a smoke shop that you could drink beer in. So uh, <laughs> that's a nice loophole. <laughs> yeah. So well, it worked then, out. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's you, a rarity. Like it's a nice place. The 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 pipe trend that you mentioned is a flat bottom poker. I don't remember that one coming around, coming coming and going. But I do remember the reverse calabash being a huge thing for like two years, and I was just like, I would get customers or potential customers contacting me to commission them, and to a person, I said no, I will not make <laughs> yeah. that. I, I was like. Who duped us into making Peterson system pipes again? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, this is not new. These have been around for a long time. Yeah, that was one I didn't jump on board with. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe in a uh, in an episode that may or may not have aired by the time this comes out, because I may not air it. Um, I, I believe I described all all the pipes with gadgets and gizmos in them as bicycles with training wheels, and I've learned how to ride a bike with just two wheels. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're basically making mini bongs. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I just some some of those trends I just think, see as kooky, and that's you know I think it was when around when the reverse calabash came out that I just. With, I haven't used Facebook now for a number of years, but um, with Instagram, I just realized like I don't stand to gain anything by by looking around. Like, and this I don't want to discourage people from looking at my pipes on Instagram. Please do, um, <laughs> but don't look at anybody else. <laughs> right, right. But but as a like as a person who makes his living from doing this, I think it would be it's it's somewhat unwise for me to be a little. Um, overly influenced by by what other people are doing and so i for me having that insulation of not exposing myself to what trends are it just lets me focus on what i'm doing yeah and to do what yeah. i do within my own sphere which i'm really comfortable with and you know knock on wood but my customers you know to this point seem to be happy with yeah, and and I got and I've also got to say, I mean, look, when I was full time in the business, the last thing I wanted mm -hmm. to do was come home at night and go on the forums and talk about tobaccos and talk about pipes. <laughs> right. You know, you got know, to you got to take a break from it. And you know, now that I'm not full time, yeah, I spend a little bit more time on the forums and looking at pictures of pipes and stuff. But yeah, you know, I'm not inundated with it. You know, for ten hours yeah. during the day, and then and then sitting down and going. Yeah, no, uh -uh. that's when the that's when the Disney addiction kicked in, really hard. Right. <laughs> but this, this, yeah, I mean, but Brian, this kind of touches back on the you know the question that you were asking earlier about like what pipe makers need to get into it, um, into the business is like, you know, all of these things like social media or taking in all these things or engaging with people through multiple channels. So it's, if it's, you know, one. If, if one wanted to, they could engage with people on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, on uh, multiple web forums. Um, in addition to making pipes all day and responding to emails and texts from customers, um, it's just too much. You, you kind of have to, like, it's some, somewhere in there, you've got to actually make pipes. 
And yeah. so for me, my decision was I really had to limit where I was going to engage and how frequently I was going to engage because otherwise I wasn't getting any work done. Um, that I can, I can talk with customers all day long if I want to, but if I do that, I won't have anything to sell them. Yeah. And when, when you That's go to, right. when you go to a pipe show, you don't spend much time going out and about really looking around cause you're there to work your table and, and yeah. 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 Most of my time is spent like with, you know, customers who have become friends, like they're not, that's one of the beautiful things about this business is a lot of times, you know, you develop relationships with people that go beyond just the transaction. It's you, you genuinely enjoy someone's company. And so you go to dinner with them or whatever that um, at pipe shows, I, when I first started going, I was mostly hanging out with other pipe makers. And now like there's just less of that because I'm, I'm there in part working. And also I'm, I'm engaging with, with my customers socially as well. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a different thing than when I started out. And I think probably the same is true for Jody. Like when you go, whether we're talking music or pipes. Yeah. Well, I think that's another, uh, another thing that you can kind of, uh, yeah. Reiterate to young pipe makers that they're, you know, it's not just, it isn't just about making good pipes and making beautiful pipes, mm-hmm. uh, innovative pipes, and any any. It is also, you know, people who who collect, they they want a story. They want to know mm-hmm. the pipe. You want to you want to be able. They want a story behind the pipe. They, I find that that the collectors like getting to know the pipe makers most of them some guys only buy through shops or whatever and they form their relationships with you know the the people and smoking pipes or wherever but um but a lot of them i just find they really like having a relationship with the pipe maker right and uh, and that's an important thing to um to foster anyway yeah yeah and especially and it's, it's really rewarding not just on the you know, not just on the side of selling pipes, but you get to know some people that can become good friends, or you learn. Oh like, yeah, you, yeah. It's 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 great to to um, to learn more about people outside of of their love of pipes. Like I, I try. I just last weekend or two weekends ago, I was um, across the country visiting with with some clients that have become good friends of mine, and you know that's one of the joys of this business to me. Yeah. I noticed you didn't come and For visit sure. me. <clears throat> What's that? I, I noticed you didn't come and visit me. Not yet. <laughs> well, yeah. We're not here that Probably week. We're open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm busy then. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, did you guys have anything else you wanted to cover, beat on, abuse? I got enough for about three episodes at least. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, good. Good. Most everything. I mean, can't think of anything right offhand. Yeah. Jody, you don't want to tell everybody what uh, what JT uses as a bowl coating? <laughs> I don't know. He never told me. Uh-huh. Did you not? Oh, no way. He never did. 
I think you're lying. I think he did, and you're <laughs> you're no, he never, us right now. <laughs> he, he never told me, and uh, yeah, that, that's it's funny. And I and I think like like the bowl coat that I came up with just out of, out of accident. I I think that's probably been the foundation of most guys' bowl coatings since then. <laughs> because the Danish had their way of doing it and I had talked to them about it, but I ordered the wrong things. And so I, <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't realize know that. <laughs> and so then I started putting stuff together. I'm like, well, this isn't working out right. I need something else to make this and come up with this thing. And it ended up working great. So just out of accident. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I know when I, when I was up at JT's, there was, uh, yeah, I, I don't care about bowl coating and I, I don't know. I don't know anything about, you know, the acrylic and that he uses. And yeah, you know, if you showed it to me, I still wouldn't understand it. He uses an <laughs> acrylic bowl coat. No, he uses a That's the secret. <laughs> terrible. I thought that had a strange flavor the first yeah. time I smoked. Yeah, and he, I, yeah my, my, I, got a little, I would wake up on the floor every time. <laughs> I got a little lightheaded. Uh, uh, it was the tobacco. But I, I, I do know that he threw a tarp over over the pile of sandblasting mediums that he uses. <laughs> no way. And he said, you, wow. can, you can sit on that, but don't look under it. I said, okay. That's right. <laughs> And the tarp, yeah. I knew it was, I knew the tarp was freshly put there because it was the only thing in his workshop that was clean. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. He had stuff piled everywhere. He had motorcycles in there, all kinds of crazy things. Yeah, he had a sidecar when I was in there. <laughs> Did you sit in it? No, it was too dirty. The, the tarp yeah. over. <laughs> it's too covered in briar dust. Yeah, the tarp was brand new. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, he, he definitely. Uh, that there again, that's an example of like those er, earlier days, man. It was all well guarded secrets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think like these days, like I, I pretty much tell people like I've got one or two secrets, and that's just you know. For for me, it's not like being stingy. It's like hey, there a lot of this stuff was given to me. A lot of this knowledge was given to me. And I want to reciprocate by giving it to the community or to people in the community in the same manner. But there are some things that like weren't given to me that I had to go and, you know, spend my money and bust my butt to experiment and figure out. And I think it's like it's giving me better results than what I see these other people are getting. That's the kind of thing I protect. Yeah. And there are just yeah. a couple of them. Yeah, there's a, and there's whatever those, those are, like, are if Jody Jody were to ask me, I'd like totally tell Jody. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, he's there's, like, no, I don't like there's the a few of us I that get, I get better ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, there's a, there it, it, there would be a tight knit group of guys who would would just you know openly say what they do about anything in their in their pipe making to each other, you know. Right. And yeah, yeah, because there's, I think there's something lost in not having to figure it out. You know. Totally. Totally. And agree. And, it, and then when you're able to figure something out, that gives you, you know, that working knowledge to figure the next thing out. You know, mm-hmm. it gives you 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 develop the tools, uh, mental tools to 
to come up with the ideas, you know, and, and yeah. I, I think if everything gets handed to you, well then, you know, where's the fun in that? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, if, if the point is only to be able to like with, with the least amount of resistance possible to make something nice, like, I, I don't know. Like, what do you, what do you learn along yeah. the way? And I, where's how many the reward? Times Right, right. <laughs> that that journey is part of the process. Um, and the the one of the things that this reminds me of, Jody, is like the and I'm sure you can resonate with this is having people contact you or visit, and you know you're working with whatever tool that you made, and they say, "Oh, will you make one for me?" And you think, "I mean, no, <laughs> nope." And that's that's part of like no one made it. Not not to be stingy about it, but it's just like. This is, if you can't make this particular tool, which, you know, it seems to me is like relatively simple compared to making a pipe, then what business do you have making a pipe? Like, <laughs> you should be able right. to do these things. Now, there's something else. On the other hand, it could be a situation like I can make that tool, but it's going to take forever. And I would much rather pay someone to do it. Like, I get that. Yes, that's, that's absolutely. Yeah. 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 And there are things that I like can do and I will pay for someone uh, to do twice as fast and twice as good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. In my case, I'll pay people to make pipes for me. There you go. There you <laughs> yeah. It's the way you feel only it's about pipes. Yeah. Oh no, there's, uh, uh, there's other things too. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm not into making my own beer and coffee and stuff like that. There's people that can do that and I'll pay them for it. Yeah. Yes. I'm not scavenging for bowling for old bowling lanes to make countertops out of. Yeah, or old bowling balls, old old bowling balls, so you could get ebonite. Yep. <laughs> That's a. Yep. It's all it's all been done before. Mm -hmm. It all happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that wraps up the. Uh, two-hour phone call that I got to listen in on. And, of course, on this one, I got to participate a little bit more. So we'll be back in just a minute. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series, Savinelli produces high-quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And I just want to say thank you again very much to Jeff and Jody. You know, what can you think of another hobby where you get two of the leading craftsmen in it that are willing to talk that openly? And of course, as you heard, in the, as the as the call got longer and longer, and you heard most of that today, um, it got looser and looser too. So, uh, you know, thanks again to them. All right, for music, we are going to uh, back to Jerry Lee Lewis, and this is the session recorded in London with great guest artists. This was back in 1973, and uh, you know, I've always loved Johnny B. Good, so here's uh, Jerry Lee Lewis doing it. 
Uh, the one and only Jerry Lee Lewis doing Johnny B. Good. Kind of interesting to hear it played from a piano standpoint. Check your mailbox, you moron! And remember, if you have a comment or question, you can email it directly to me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, B-R-I-A-N at pipesmagazine.com, or post it on the Pipes Magazine radio show page at pipesmagazine.com. And the best thing you can do is go on to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. That would be absolutely wonderful, just like these folks did. Uh, SSBB Fan 2200 wrote uh, five stars. Uh, I've listened to every episode at least once. Brian does a great job with this podcast. Thank you very much. And uh, Smoking the Ghost writes, uh, let's see, he had to edit it, but. Uh, congratulations to both Brian and Kevin for over 500 episodes of the Pipes Magazine radio show. I've been with them since the very beginning and have thoroughly enjoyed each and every release, many of them multiple times. Sure, I may need to reevaluate my life choices, but that doesn't change the fact that 500 is a remarkable feat. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. Yeah, um, I think it's important to reevaluate your life choices on a regular basis. And then uh, going back... To a couple weeks ago, uh, Tad, who's uh, 
collection I reviewed wrote back and said, uh, good evening, Brian. Imagine my surprise this week listening to the latest episode when you reviewed my pipe collection. I forgot I had sent you the photos. Thank you so much for the very kind words. You may be interested that I recently obtained the last two Peterson Sherlock Holmes pipes I needed to complete all three series, including the racks. As the third series only had four pipes, it has no rack, but there is a fitted case for all four pipes that I'm looking for. Uh, the other thing I must mention regards the animal figurines, uh, animal figurine pipe rests you spoke so kindly about. That collection is actually my wife's, and those rests are all made by Kamoys. Together, we have a lot of fun perusing antique stores and the internet for our finds. Your continued conversation with Fred Hanna was wonderful. I've been enjoying the entire series immensely. I've also enjoyed your conversations with Rich. Keep up the great work. Very informative and entertaining. The music selection was great. Anytime you have Harry, it's bound to be good. What a class act. Looking forward to uh, the Chicago show in a few weeks. Hope to see you there. Yeah, I'll be there. I'm getting in on Wednesday. And don't forget, big announcement coming up at the end of the mailbag here. Uh, Kevin wrote, hello, Brian, love the show. And in the most recent episode, uh, this is going back two months ago, uh, something Fred said, got me thinking you told him, like you always say about yourself that he's the leading expert in his own opinion. He laughed and said, well, I'm married. <laughs> that made me realize it would be more accurate since you were also married for you to say you are the leading expert in what your wife tells you your opinion is keep up the great work, Kevin. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, when it comes to pipes and tobaccos, I'm I'm the expert, but she allows me to have an opinion. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Guy wrote, just a little feedback on an old episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. I was recently driving with my family in the spectacular Scottish Highlands and was listening to episode number 284 with Shane Ireland. As the episode progressed, the beautiful scenery, woods, and locks were unfolding around us, uh, unfolding around before us, and then around rant time, about Nissan car drivers came up. <laughs> I had to laugh, as did my wife, as I was driving our Nissan, secondhand, mind you. Uh, luckily, I happened to be one of the one out of four Nissan drivers who does smoke a pipe. <laughs> you does smoke a pipe as you mentioned and not one of the other statistical three out of four you mentioned who drive dangerously as with any careless dangerous driver i must concur with you they are idiot drivers <laughs> on on your other thought about how this might be fixed yep maybe smoking a pipe should be a per a prerequisite of driving such a car or any car for that matter laugh out loud guy guy i'm glad you yeah glad you enjoyed that uh, really cool to think that somebody's listening to the show while driving around the Scottish Highlands. Yeah, I don't care what kind of car you're driving. If you're in the Scottish Highlands, that's like way cool. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and then uh, Pastor Joda wrote me, uh, "Morning, Brian. Hope you are as excited about this turn in weather as I am. That cold stuff last weekend and this week made me plum grumpy." <laughs> yeah, it's been nicer the last week and a half. Uh, then he said, so I had some luck in antique malls lately after a long dry spell. A couple weeks ago, I scored a box of Carter Hall from 1986. And earlier this week, a 14-ounce 
key open tin of half and half. Both have maintained their package integrity, and I plan to open and smoke them with friends at some point. Is there anything I should do after opening them beyond my typical mason jar storage? I know old wine has a shelf life after opening it, after opening it before it goes bad. Will tobacco do the same thing? I'd hate for any of this to go to waste. Here's some pictures of my find. And the, uh, the Carter Hall was actually, it was 85 cents for the one and a half ounce pouch. That, that was the price tag sticker on the bottom of it. And the can of half and half is uh, a seven ounce can. Um, yeah, it was, oh, it's back to the American Tobacco Company. So that's at least into the 1980s, late 80s, nine, early 90s. Anyway, so my suggestion is, you know, yeah, be aware when you open it, uh, the more oxygen that it gets exposed to, it's going to ripen faster. But you also want to make sure that it stays as stable as possible. So mason jar or because it's already aged, if you don't have a moisture issue with it, you may just want to put it in a heavy Ziploc bag, you know, like one of those freezer bags that has extra double layers to it. So try that. All right. And yeah, you know, just make sure it doesn't get too dark. All right. Uh, big announcement. Some of you may have seen, we may have leaked it already on, uh, on the social medias, but myself along with Dave Peterson, who many of you may know as Dave in LAX, we are now taking over the West coast pipe show. And at the time of recording this, we do not have a date set, but we are looking at one of the last two weekends in October at the Palace Station in Las Vegas. We have just begun the uh, contract negotiations with the hotel, but it is our intent to have the show back, back in Las Vegas this coming October. You will get all the details reminded to you on a regular basis, and I sure hope to see you all there. And it'll be fun kind of running a pipe show. Won't be quite as much, uh, won't have as much time to walk around and uh, shop. So actually maybe cheaper for me to run the pipe show. But uh, we will be heavily relying on everybody that can make it to come and stay at the Palace Station and hang out with us for what will be a three-day weekend of pipe smoking. And of course, all the details will be uh, will be to follow. So all right, again, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. JDRF auction items, please, please, please email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And in just a moment, rant time. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869.
this is the uh, this is one of the more serious rants I've done in a while, and this is an actual true story about an ignorant ass that lives somewhere near us. And here's what happened uh, several days back as this show comes out. In our neighborhood, we have a park area. It's called Central Park. Why? Because it's in the middle of the neighborhood. Well, we got in the neighborhood, somebody was, it was alerted on the neighborhood Facebook page that somebody had taken a cardboard box and put six kittens in it and left it sitting in the park in a ditch. And somebody had abandoned those six kittens in the box. And by the time, uh, by the time they went back to go catch them, five of them had disappeared. One kitten did get rescued. And for the rest of the evening, several of us were out looking around the park area to try and see where these other five kittens are. Now, here's the problem. Whoever did this knew that they were dumping kittens, actual live kittens, dumping them. They had the parents, they had the mother, obviously. They took the time to put them in a box, drove them into our neighborhood, or they live in our neighborhood. God, I hope they don't. But they took the time to put these kittens in a box and drive them here and drop them off when they could have easily gone to the Humane Society here in Charlotte, which I've volunteered with in the past and dropped them off there or gone to any of the numerous pet rescues in the area. All they had to do is look them up. So, but instead these idiots decided to put them in a closed up cardboard box and dump them in a ditch. And yeah, anyway, if you have a pet, you're responsible for the pet. If you have a child, you're responsible for the child. If the child gets pregnant, so, yeah, you know, and so on and so on. So all I'm saying is I know it wasn't a pipe smoker that did that because a pipe smoker wouldn't just ditch live animals in a park somewhere, and I hope that person gets ditched somewhere sometime soon. There you go. All right. Comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Thank you very much again to Jeff and Jody for uh, allowing us to eavesdrop on their conversations. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to you. If you are a Scottish lord, then I am Mickey Mouse.